as you reflect back on part one of the message, I assume most of you were here for that, being as it was council meeting morning. Um, the burden of that message was that we take seriously not only our own personal relationship with God, but also the role God has called each one of us to play in in the vineyard of the Lord and in being edifiers and being restorers and being those that can minister to the needs among us as we minister to each other and meet those needs. What does it take? What does it look like? And so we looked at some of those things last week. Um, Brother Dave, I just acknowledged the lack of the song. You plan for a song at the close, okay? I invite you to John 15. <clears throat> to begin with, the Gospel of John 15, a very familiar passage, and yet it's, it um, bears a very significant impact into the thought of what is involved in those that are restorer of the breach. Now, if we go back to Isaiah 58, we won't take the time to do that there, but there are some definite things that they focused on that was a part of their, their manner of life, their conduct, and some other things that were a part of what they would set aside. They would... Uh, avoid those things and um, to make room for the the things of God. And I've appreciated this morning the focus on the, the importance of the Word of God ministering to us, being that foundation on which we're building, on which God can minister to us. And I, I think along with that, last week I was blessed again as I was reminded of the fact that our brother reminded us of in life, there are so many things out there to address so many needs, and he used the illustration of books on marriage. And yet, the Word of God is, is what meets and fills our needs. And we can think, well, there's room for other things too, and that's right. And as I was pondering that more recently, uh, this morning I believe it was, I was meditating on that a bit, and I had to think about the more we make room for other things like that, other writings, other authors, other perspectives, the less room I have to know Jesus. Do you understand what I'm saying? In other words, the more um, we could carry it further and, and say, well, and I'll get there at another point, but the following the news or whatever, those other aspects that fill our lives with consume our lives, our moments and our days, um, are they the things that allow us to see clearly, to know dearly the Lord Jesus? <clears throat> Christ's words here regarding the vine and the branches, a couple of things I wanted to bring out from that. When we think of being a, a restorer of the breach, truly in the kingdom of God, the ability for any one of us to lend a helping hand, uh, an act of compassion, an expression of love, a word of 
of counsel that has eternal merit, it will be because of, of the foundation of being connected to the vine. And um, in verse 4 here, I won't take the time to read this passage, but in verse 4 of chapter 15 of the Gospel of John, he says, Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye except ye abide in me. Of ourselves, we, we have nothing to offer, but of what is the blessing and benefit of the indwelling, the infilling of the vine, of the vine into us, through us, has great potential, has divine ramifications. And you notice that in verse 8, the thought is carried on. Herein is my Father glorified that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. What fruit can we bear except it come from the vine? What can we offer of value to those around us except we point back to the source of life? To the one that has restored the brokenness in our lives. <clears throat> Restores of the breach, I believe I may have used this, but I'll use it again. Um, and our brother brought it out in several messages last week. Have a understanding and a, uh, a vivid picture of their own wretchedness, our own wretchedness, and that we have found in Christ that balm in Gilead. We are not restorers of the breach. Another way of saying it would be we, they are not self-made people, self-made men. They are not marching to the beat of their own drum, but to the heartbeat of the Spirit's leading. How does the Spirit lead? Let's go to Psalm chapter 1. We think about the importance of abiding in the vine. This illustration given here in Psalm 1 is, is a, um, a very deep one and sometimes very familiar as well, but it's of great importance. The truths that are noted here. In verse 3 we have that specific illustration of that tree planted by the rivers of water. But there are some aspects and principles here that, in, that come before and, and uh, after that reflect on the impact of that tree planted by the rivers of water and the ability it has to, to minister um, things eternal. Um, you know, we, we sung, sang the song this morning, Would Men Know You've Been With Jesus?, and as we gather around him and as we look to him and as we, in our forgetfulness, remember this little bit and that little bit and we learn and we put away 
pieces of Scripture, uh, those are things that the Spirit can use to minister strength and grace to us as that tree planted by that river of water that can draw from it. I notice in verse 1 here, um, and I was intrigued, I didn't look at this completely, but extensively but in verse 1 in the King James it talks about blessed is the man that walketh not that standeth nor standeth nor sitteth and um, I noticed in the Spanish it says blessed is the man that has not walked has not stood or hath not, has not sent um, has not sit pardon me no ha sentado um and I don't know the ramifications other than I was made to think, you know, it's important that the people of God are not there at this point. But there is blessing in having not been there. Um, and do we count those blessings that God has protected us because of, of been being encouraged to, to not be in those places as we were brought up and, and kept us from those some involvements while we are yet still in such need of a Savior. I don't want to, to mislead you there. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. One of the elements of the Word of God that as we sense our... as we grow in our sense of our need of God. His word becomes more precious to us, more dear to us, more delightful to contemplate. Um, I was speaking with a, a man that owns businesses here in this area, business in this area, and he's from another state this week. And, and um, he's a Christian businessman, and he was just commenting. He said, you know, he... Some time ago, he got to where he just felt the need just to totally close out following the news and to draw only, so to speak, from, from the word and those things that are upbuilding and, and edify. And um, it is a, a refreshing thing to to cast off those things that are beyond our control and assignment and leave them in the hands of those around us that are a part of that kingdom. Because one of the challenges with us is ever with us is how do we differentiate, how do we maintain a balance of a knowledge of that without a desire and a... Um, willingness to have a perspective to act on that and many of many of our dear ones around us in this world have that perspective that the Christ, the church of Christ needs to take its rightful place in the government around us and we uh, as we understand the scriptures we see that as being a violation of the two kingdom perspective and I trust you can find peace and rest this morning in, in offering words of hope, um, words of comfort on the basis of fully resting and trusting in our Savior to meet the needs of our daily life.
back to this tree. I think recently Brother Evan used a tree here in a message. A hollow tree and a solid tree, wasn't it? When you think of that tree, there is this picture in our minds that would, would make us to understand that that tree has access to a never-ending source of nourishment. And that's what the psalm writer was pointing out. He says, blessed are the righteous. They will be those that are connected to that endless source of nourishment and water. How often have we, let me say it this way, I believe, I know in my own experience that does not mean that I have every answer to everything. There are things I see in circumstances before me that I, I don't have a complete answer for, and yet I know that there is great blessing in taking it to God and waiting on Him to lead and direct us and um, trusting in Him, knowing that He is greater than any of the problems that confront us. That tree has deep roots anchored in the Word of God. Washed and nourished by that Word. Serving its purpose, bearing its fruit in its season. Our physical bodies have a way of withering away and we'll be acknowledging that again this afternoon in the memorial service. But spiritually there is strength and fervor and youth of an unending relationship with God as those who are blessed in the word and prepared to, to humbly offer what God has done for you and I to the needs of those around us. I think our brother blessed us in recent weeks here, the recent week of meetings in a way too, reminding us of the element of love. And um, one of the deep anchor points of those that are in the life of the righteous is the love of Christ coming through, being understood, being felt, being experienced personally that makes us able to, to in turn reach out and acknowledge as I am loved so God has called me to love willingly not withholding Jesus had a lot to say about that to the Pharisees they had some love but it wasn't Christ's kind of love they had love of the uppermost rooms perhaps in the feast and a few place choice locations and they love to hear other people speak well of them to call them rabbi rabbi but they did not know how to love others because they didn't know Christ as their savior they didn't know they didn't acknowledge him for who he was so they couldn't experience the love of God in that regard Let's go to the Gospel of Luke and um, 
want to look a little bit. I may have made a passing comment about this in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 15. The older brother's response in the story of the prodigal son here was of significant impact in that relationship. But I want to compare with you this morning just briefly the the response of the elder brother versus the prodigal. In verse 29, we notice the elder brother saying this, And he answering said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee, neither transgressed I at any time thy commandment, and yet thou never gavest me a kid that I might make merry with my friends. seemed like there was just a little bit of a, a seed or a sprout of bitterness there that he was nursing when this came out this way. Comparing what he had done for his father and reflecting on what he perceived his father to have done for his wretched brother. But in verse 19, we see a different attitude. It says, the prodigal says, I am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. You know, that's what made the ability to relate to the prodigal so rich that he counted it something that he was unworthy of. And that's what makes your and my relationship with our Father through Christ rich in that we recognize our unworthiness. The prodigal son at one point, he had said, you know, give me what is mine. Give me what is mine. And then he came to that point to make me thy servant. Abiding in the vine, drawing from that endless source of water. And then thirdly this morning, uh, with the goal of closing earlier than late today, I'd like to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And our brother already read one verse from there this morning. Here we have elements laid out before us, a reminder of living by faith. And I think it was a few Sundays back I asked this question here that morning. What evidences are there in our lives that we are living by faith? It becomes more of a pointed question when someone points their finger at you and asks you that. And we have the privilege of pointing our finger at ourselves and asking ourselves that. Perhaps it's more uh, comfortable to answer it that way. I don't know. Restores of the breach are those that are living by faith. Paul here in his writing, and I... Uh, I think I'll take the time to read these verses. Uh, I think we have time for that. 
But notice the heartbeat of Paul here as he expresses these thoughts to us. Therefore, beginning in verse 1, chapter 4 of 2 Corinthians 4, verse 1. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not, but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost." in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be manifest in our mortal flesh. So then death worketh in us, but life in you. We, having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed, and therefore have I spoken. We also believe, and therefore speak. Knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us also by Jesus and shall present us with you. For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory, while we look not at the things which are seen, <clears throat> but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. You know, as we use that <clears throat> passage from Isaiah 58 to illustrate to give us a picture of what is involved in restores of the breach, we have that visible, tangible picture of a broken down wall. And yet, in the, in the sense of the spiritual walk, the kingdom, that which is involved in, in that work has a different focus. And uh, he brings that out here in verse 17 and 18. For our light afflictions, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. How do we maintain, how do we remain focused on those things that are eternal? I... It is interesting how we as people, we have a, uh, an earthly focus. And I think sometimes we can 
we can see how little ones among us uh, view life and we can draw uh, analysis comparatively to the parallels that we as, as adults sometimes have. And just recently there was a, a young chap showed up at our place and he saw something there that he hasn't seen very often and, uh, and or having, not having ridden in. And his focus, that thought was that he wanted to make sure I knew that he never had a chance to ride in that thing. That was something that needed to be done. It was a tangible, visible goal. How do we help those little ones develop that goal of eternal things? How do we learn to focus our lives and found them on things eternal? What does it mean to be living by faith? One of the things that Paul illustrates here in this passage for us so vividly is in verse 7, he says, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. There is something we have that God has given to us, has conveyed to us, that is greater than these vessels within which it is. Um, and he says the reason that is that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. And so here again we're reminded of the proper uh, order of how things are to be kept in perspective. And if you noticed in here, there's a quote in this passage in verse 13. It says, We have the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believe, and therefore have I spoken. We also believe, and therefore speak. And I think that goes back to Psalm uh, 116. I forget the exact quote there, reference. But the correlation between the belief of something and its bearing itself out in our speech, in our action. The psalm writer put it in those words, I believed and therefore have I spoken. And Paul says, we also believe and therefore speak uh, by our lives. And uh, this passage reflects on what it means to live by faith. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 38, He writes, Now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. Again, a reminder of if our lives are, are uh, at a distance of God, if they focus on things that are not what he has called us to draw near to, we lose the approval, the confirmation of our Creator. as restorers of the breach, drawing near to him is a place that we grow, are able to grow in our servanthood, not just as servants, but in servanthood, knowing what it means to 
come before him as an unworthy servant. I think in the earlier message, I, I took you to 1 Peter chapter 5 there, and I won't take the time to go there. But again, if you want to study that, go back there in verse 5 where it talks about being clothed with humility, that we can, of our own will and, and understanding, discipline ourselves to be Um, worshipers of the almighty God of the most high God and as worshipers of him he reveals himself to us through the needs we face the things we don't have answers to but also one of the primary issues that happens when we truly worship is that the position of self is diminished as we worship God Ourselves, we, we grow small and we realize how insignificant we are and how wretched we are. Sometimes, <clears throat> I'll give this illustration, yet I'm not sure if I did use it here before, but it bears repeating. Sometimes in our, in our own failures, we grow timid, we grow, we can say, well, what, what use is there? What can I do? But um, the illustration that, that Brother Dale Heisey shared regarding his own experience and the many times that he had been, found himself in difficult positions and been, having been set back in the ministry a number of times. There was a time that he found himself in that place and he used this, he gave this story of seeking to, to be ministering grace regardless of where we find ourselves. And he was talking about a time when he and his, he had his wife on a job site helping install some lights, I believe it was. Anyway, in the company of, of other workers there, the language was very bad, and uh, he had took it upon himself to, to beg of them to consider not to speak that way with the lady around. And uh, it developed a sense of scorn from them toward him. And um, then later he had the ability to meet a need. One of them was asking about a tool they needed and he had a new trowel out in his truck, and a very good one, and he went and got it. And uh, it seemed to show an effort of, of bending the fence, so to speak. But it was several days later that this man showed up at work one day and um, approached him. And he just was trying to express himself. And he says, well, I just wanted to tell you I had to take the woman, referring to his live-in companion. I had to take the woman to the hospital before I could come to work this morning. She, she's in bad shape and I had to take her to the hospital. And he says, I just wanted you to know because you'd know what to do about it. May we so live that people see our brokenness and that we know one who has the answers to our problems. 
That was a blessing to me. And yet, it was something, it was a small thing, and yet it was something that he didn't realize he was doing in a time when he had every reason to feel like he was not amounting to much. <clears throat> May God give us the insight, the vision to minister to the broken walls around us.